the incomparable. Number 337, January 2017. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. My name is Jason Snell, and I am here to discuss a television series called Black Mirror, which means that what's going to happen is that you're going to be vaguely uneasy for the first half hour. Then there will be a twist that you might have seen coming. And by the end, you will not be sad if humanity wipes itself off the face of the earth. That's how it'll go. And joining me to talk about Black Mirror are the following fine people. David J. Lore, hello. Hello. Uh, what if podcast, but too much? Hmm. I'd also like to introduce a simulacrum based on the social media postings of Brian Hamilton. Brian Hamilton. I wish it could be Christmas every day. <laughs> and except no substitutes, he is not a robot. John Syracuse. Human nature, am I right, Jason? Yeah. <laughs> Human nature, <laughs> but too much. <gasps> too much. <laughs> we are the real monsters. The real monsters. Do, 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 do. Oh, wait. Wrong show. So this, uh, this show, Black Mirror, is uh, largely written by Charlie Brooker. And it premiered on Channel 4 in the UK, or as I like to say, BBC Channel 4, because again, I don't, I'm an American and I think it's all the BBC over there. And then uh, was very successful on Netflix streaming in the US. And so Netflix sort of stole it from them. And uh, last fall released a third season of six episodes and a fourth season is forthcoming in 2017, I believe. Um, also, I also have six episodes. So we have 13 episodes cause there's also a uh, holiday special in there. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody crushing depression. Anyway, uh, we'll get to it. We're going to talk about black mirror. It's a anthology show. I think one of the things that's really interesting about it is this is the kind of show they kind of don't make anymore. Um, or at least not very often. And it gets most commonly likened to the twilight zone which i think i i totally see it right it's um a little bit dark and a lot dark and uh has some twists and is a science fiction ish anthology series so who what's going to come up but but rod serling and you know i i i have to say i am always skeptical about tv and anthology series but watching black mirror made me think um there really is a place for this kind of show on modern TV. And I, I think there could be more of it because there's a lot of uh, great stuff to be discussed. And, and I, I kind of enjoyed watching these little, I mean, individually, I didn't enjoy all of them, but I enjoyed the fact that I got to take a tour through sort of 13 short ish films uh, that were standalone films about these different ideas. I thought that was actually pretty fun. Oh yeah. And the, just the thread of technology and, and the modern day, it does, what certainly the last revival of the Twilight Zone really didn't do, which is uh, it, it takes today's things, right, and turns them into these very unsettling stories. Um, that's what Rod Serling did. And and it, it has – there's a brain to it. There's lessons to it. There's, you know, don't don't use your little tiny screen so much. You know, that's, that's the right. Black Mirror, that's right, Black Mirror. Is, is the little – iPhone or whatever that you're holding all the time. Right. And that's the theme of a Black Mirror mostly is is, you know, it's technology uh technology themed stories uh about sort of like what if kind of uh 
what if what if this thing taken to an extreme right which is the always sort of the joke about it um john uh, have you been watching this as it as it went along or did you get caught up with it i remember someone mentioned it a long time ago uh when it first came out maybe after the first season was done i'm like all right i'll try the show and i watched the first episode uh and and I said, all right, well, that's enough of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and then I didn't come back to the show for a long time. And then I decided to come back to it. And then I just sort of raced through the the rest of the episodes that were there. Um, in terms of it being an anthology show, because it is focused on technology so much, it has the effect of pinning the stories to a certain time period. And, and because I guess they're probably all shot in the same place and everything looks kind of the same you start to think that even though it's an anthology show and there's no continuity per se between the episodes that there is a black mirror universe and that all the stories take place in the black mirror universe and yes. uh i'm not familiar enough with the twilight zone to know how it varied but the, one of my favorite anthology shows which i have not revisited and i just want to keep the nice warm memories in my mind because maybe it wasn't as good as i thought it was but i always loved amazing stories and amazing stories did modern day world war ii like they were all over the map they didn't they weren't there was no amazing stories universe but i kind of feel like there's a black mirror universe with some kind of time span starting from roughly around now to the not too distant future maybe 20 minutes into the future or so um and so i don't know if that works against black mirror or for it because i think there is something to be said for watching these things and kind of getting into the black mirror the black mirror mindset but i think it works against what i would like to see from an anthology show which is wild variety from episode to episode not just a lack of continuity i found an interview with brooker where he said that uh he intended the show to be in the same quote unquote psychological universe and that really does pan out even though all of the episodes are different topically and different in terms of characters and everything else like an anthology show should uh they do the same kind of themes and the same kind of mood uh there, there are a few easter eggs sprinkled uh throughout here and there there's like references to waldo and episodes episodes that aren't the waldo episode there's references to the white bear woman in a few other episodes but you're right john they could do some a little bit more varied and maybe like not have little references to everything else they're like huh maybe this is the same kind of world even if it's not the same you know universe per se and and that would be kind of my knock on it is that as as i watched and especially going back through them to binge them quickly uh, i found it very hard to pay attention because i would just be like oh they're still doing atmosphere. I can check my phone. Huh. Okay. And, oh, they're doing a little more atmosphere. Okay. And it it really pointed out to me, especially, I mean, I thought it the first time, but especially on the rewatch, uh, it pointed out to me the, the beauty of the Twilight Zone length and the Amazing Stories length. 22 minutes, give or take, with commercials, uh, or without commercials, rather. Uh, that's just about right. And part of the reason some of these episodes fell flat for me is that you've got 45 minutes and 55 minutes and an hour. And in a lot of cases, at least I'm figuring out the story in the first 15. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, we got more atmosphere. Check my phone. <laughs> well, so you, you, you noticed that more than I would say most people do. Although there is yes, one, yes. one episode where I figured out the twist one minute in and then watched it build <laughs> atmosphere for 40 minutes as I sat there waiting for them to get to the point. Um, 
but let's talk about the atmosphere a little bit because this is one of the things that struck me. So, I, I mean, if I haven't already given it away, I'm going to be really critical about some of these episodes. I, some of these I liked a lot, and some of them I yeah. really kind of hated. I think it's all. I think the show is all <laughs> over the place, um, and maybe that's just par for the course that you're going to get. You're going to get some birdies and some bogeys. See, I par for the course. I extended the metaphor. Anyway, um, <laughs> but what I wanted to do before we got there and talked about the individual episodes, which we can do, right? It's like a little uh, lightning round of Black Mirror, is talk about the production design, the cinematography, their, their the way they envision technology that's beyond what we have today. Because on that level, I think this is one of the most amazing TV shows I've ever seen. I think it looks mm-hmm. great. And I Absolutely. think their extrapolation of technology is looks extremely realistic as opposed to almost other de- any other depiction I see in in TV or film where it looks really bad and and fakey. Now there's a couple episodes I might argue um like there's an episode where everybody's sending text messages on iPhones and they have a fake version of the messages app that looks bad and I have no idea why <laughs> they didn't just use the real messages app because they just made their own bad copy of it but some of them the ones that are sort of set 5 or 10 years in the future with little slivers of glass that they've got UI on it's amazing and then the whole look and the production design and the 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 way it's shot it's just beautiful it is I think I th- I, I I said this on our our Slack group earlier today. I think from s- some technical levels, I think this is the most impressive TV show I've ever seen. What got me through a lot of the episodes when I was extremely bleak and depressed and not wanting to watch more was the fact that every new episode has a new UI paradigm, and I really really enjoyed <laughs> seeing all the new weird tech that they came up with. Um, the, it is very you know they're envisioning faster horses and six fax machines. They're not envisioning anything very new. It's all just thinner phones and you know variations on the facebook idea but it's all still really beautiful and that was what got me through a lot of the show was seeing all the new tech they come up with every episode i like the uh the thing that was keeping me coming back were the actors because i'm not familiar oh, yeah. with with, yeah. with british uh, actors so i don't know these people so they're all kind of new and i imagine a lot of them are actually very well known so they're good like you know i if i if i live there i would already know them but i don't it's like oh i'm surprised by another good actor and if, i know a few of them like you know hux was in there right yeah um braun braun right yeah even in the most grim episodes, all the actors did a good job, and I enjoyed watching them, watching them wade their way through the script that they were given. Uh, and the tech stuff, I think you're right that it was done well, and it totally is six fax machines. Uh, but, I mean, that's fine. Like, I, I like the the fact that, in terms of the Black Mirror universe, that it's not too far into the future. Because you go too far, and it's hard to tell any kind of story when you have to first establish how the magic technology works. This is close enough to us now that they, they don't have to spend any time dealing with the tech. Right. Like they'll just show people using it and we'll get it. Um, and so that's convenient from a storytelling perspective. I think the show does look good, but it is a little bit samey from episode to episode. Again, I wish, I mean, I guess it's always yeah. kind of overcast there. Like, I don't know what the deal, <laughs> well, you know, but <laughs> England, especially, I think it's the show. I think the Netflix season shows that they had a bigger budget. Um, yeah. or at least bigger oh, ambitions. Yes. Um, I, I feel like in the earlier episodes, there's sort of two settings. There's the sort of basically today, and there's the a little bit in the future, but that's it, right? So the ones that are set basically today look like today, and they can shoot them today. <laughs> and then they're the ones that are just tweaked enough that, that, it, that it's a little bit more. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it, it's true. The, the, um, 
and the ones that are basically today are very much the uh, the faster horses kind of technology. But I mean, I think that's the theme of the of the whole show, right? Is this show is all about extrapolating what today's technology might do at an extreme. So inventing a new kind of technology, it's not really what the show's about, right? They they want to just kind of push it a little bit, right? I mean, if if they were really capable of that, they wouldn't be making TV shows, right? They'd be out making the technology. This is one of my key complaints about the show. When we get into when we, when we start talking about more about the episodes we hate is that 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 mechanism that that sci-fi mechanism where you take an existing thing i mean it's it's the joke that jason alluded to before the 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 formula for every black mirror episode is what if x but too much um so you take something that we're familiar with uh and extend it and usually you you leave everything else more or less the same but you massively accelerate this one line so for instance the episode where where everything that you ever did could be recorded and reviewed or whatever right Everything else about the reality of that show is the same, but just add this. Like, it's like they took one little line on the graph and stretched it out like 10 times longer than it normally is, right? And it's like, well, wait a second. The, the implications of having that technology embedded the way it is in people's heads and, and you know, it, it would have incredibly far-reaching implications. But like, no, to tell the story we want to tell. <laughs> we need to hold everything else constant right. and just do that thing. And it makes kind of an absurdist yeah. world. And that's the reason a lot of the twists are obvious and so on. Where it's like... You know, I, not that I want my all my sci-fi to be holistic world building with a complete, completely realized world <laughs> right. with all the ramifications therein, but it's. But you want a not, little bit more, yeah? Because they're doing, they're doing so, they're doing social satire and they're dressing it up just enough to get to where they need to be and no further, right? And not, yeah, but but not it doesn't read as sci-fi to me then because yeah. it's not it, it's You're not right. using science to reveal a problem in society. It's it is like I will invent a problem. By keeping everything the same except for this one thing and being like, isn't this a mess? And it's like, yes, I agree it's a mess. It is a mess you made. It's speculative in a different way. I mean, I don't know if there's such a thing as like Soshfi or something like that, but it's almost like that. It's like inventing weird kinks in society in in a in a future time more that that is influenced by tech, but it's not quite the same. And then, near, you know, the near future ones versus the slightly further out future ones also take a different bent where where you know they're, they're playing with with different rules i like there's a max headroom cameo in the third season which i really liked because of course the tagline yeah. of max headroom was 20 minutes into the future so it was nice to see max headroom pop up there because that seems like the watchword of of a black mirror too and i feel like my biggest problem with the show when it falls the most flat is when they spend too much time on world building and not enough time on the characters i believe season three well, that's did exactly a much better it. job of uh, spending time with the characters in addition to, you know, a little bit of what if future, but yeah. the best episodes for me were when the characters really shown through the uh, future BS. Well, that's what they wanted to do. Like, I think they had ambitions to be like a rival where, th- it, yes, there are sci-fi premises, but it's really about the characters. Like a rival is about uh, is so much more of a character study than a sci-fi thing. And the sci-fi is the surrounding elements that that lead the characters through their changes and their decisions, right? And so a lot of these shows were like that, where you you get these good actors, these likable actors, these likable characters in difficult situations, and they spend a lot of time, like, again, the one, I forget the titles of all of these, so forgive me, because I think these titles are, I mean, they're not bad titles, but they don't connect with the episode. But anyway, the one where uh, the the husband is replaying his uh, his wife looking at the Entire history of you, yeah. Yeah, right, that one. Um, 
that's so much about the characters and you do get caught up in like the characters obsessions and their relationships and i think that's a good way to go and they're like okay well so this isn't about the technology right it's about these two characters but in the end the show always wants to go and if this technology exists this is the inevitable future for everybody because technology leads to these type of behaviors rather than just saying it's like saying aliens leave to the behavior and arrival no it's because of those specific characters if different people were there different things would have happened whereas black mirror always wants to at the end say and there's no avoiding this because yeah. if you make this technology no. this is how this is what's going to happen to us because human nature and that yeah. makes me angry a recurring uh, thing i noticed so so these shows can be really dark right and i kind of like it dark but I, I had never seen black mirror so I, other than the entire history view, I, I saw at one point and then I didn't, I didn't watch anymore. Maybe that's telling too. So I watched all 13 of these in about a two week span and, uh, Oh yeah, I need to, I may need to <laughs> drink, dark. I may need to drink some more, but, uh, what I wanted to say is you get, you notice that a lot of times it seems like the watchword when Charlie Brooker is writing a script is he gets to the end and then he says, I could end this this way but i'm going to try very hard not to end it the way that anyone would expect or that the script is leading up to and i'm going to have a last little thing that i'm going to kind of shove in there and he seems to take great glee in doing that which is fine except a lot of times i don't think it actually ties in with the rest of the story he's telling and in fact i read an article about how in one episode like literally the director suggested that they take a twist and twist it a second time and i think it actually ruins the entire episode by doing it so i feel yeah. like that's be that becomes a a script tick of black mirrors no no we're gonna push it even further and you know and this you know the twilight zone had a similar problem of sort of like you look at those episodes now and you could say they kind of slip a little bit close to self-parody because it's like it's so close to being the same thing a lot of the time but black mirrors like they they are across that line i think a lot of a lot of the time well and with twilight zone it didn't really start doing that until about somewhere in the third season because, you know, you're doing 30 episodes a year at that point on television. And so, you know, 60 episodes, 90 episodes, you're going to repeat yourself. And 13 episodes, ah, it's, yeah, that's, again, it's the samey sameness of it. Well, and, and not very many outside writers, right? I mean, there are a couple right, outside right. writers, but it's mostly just Charlie Brooker. And I, I, I sometimes I think with this great uh, production staff that they obviously have for this show, that maybe that's one of the show's challenges is that it, it is, I, I mean, and that, fair enough, he invented it. If he wants to do all the episodes, that's that's fine. But I wonder if this show might not have longer legs and be better if there was a more more of a diversity of writers. Well, they did get that other guy who's also named Charlie Brooker to write San Junipero, and I like that guy. Yeah, that guy yeah, looks good. Him. It, it's weird that he has the same name as the inventor of the show, but, you know, whatever you got to do. And, and I will say... One of the things I love about that episode is, I mean, it's it's a lovely. St well, we'll get, we'll get there, there. I, but but this this ties into the world building. Um, it's a lovely story. We'll talk about the story. That's one of the few episodes where the world building really pays off, not just in the characters, but every song, every movie poster that you see, because they make a point of showing you the movie posters to set the time for each segment. Yep. Uh, even Max Headroom. All of these things tie into the theme of those two characters and what really is going on with them. Yes. It's, it's a tremendous amount of sound and art design working towards that story. Mm -hmm. Not enough of them do that. 
for I, my taste. I agree. I agree. Uh, another consequence of that sameness we were talking about earlier is that you're primed to expect a certain uh, treatment of characters or a certain ending or a certain mood with a Black Mirror episode. And whether or not uh, Charlie Brooker realizes it or not, that's what he's putting his audience through. And San Junipero is the one example that completely breaks that to the absolute best uh, uh, best results. But see, you don't ex- you don't see it coming. That's why. I think it can work to the detriment of the show in the sense that an episode like Nosedive, which again, we'll get to in a bit, but that's an episode where I think I'm going to watch that again and I'm going to love it way more than I liked it the first time because I spent the first 25 minutes waiting for Black Mirror to do that Black Mirror thing where horrible (laughs) things were going to happen to this poor woman and it was going to be awful and make me feel icky. And what happens is not quite that. And by the end, I was laughing uproariously at that episode and I really enjoyed it but I had to get over my terror of Black Mirror the show as like my enemy that was going to do awful things before my eyes and you know what that's not being uh, that's different from the you don't know what's going to happen it's like I always know it's always going to be this one thing which is terrible and it's like I'd rather be left guessing and i think i think it hurts the show in in other episodes too where i'm sitting there basically figuring out exactly what it's going to do to me because that's its only move and when you get to san junipero yeah that's like whoa wait a second (laughs) a different rule book but um more more variety in general i think might be might be helpful in terms of tone and you know, maybe that maybe that means different writers. I don't know. Um, I did have one other thing about the feel of Black Mirror that I wanted to say, because it is amazing how it has a feel, even though it is an anthology series. I think that's one of the things that is great about it, is that it, there is no mistaking that it is a Black Mirror episode. Um, we can argue about if Ex Machina, the movie, was almost a Black Mirror episode, too. There, yeah, a little bit. Anyway, it's, yeah. it, I was, I was uh, at the grocery store today. And I finished my binge of Black Mirror and I'm at the grocery store and I'm going through the aisles and I was actually a little bit paranoid. I kept thinking like, what's Black Mirror going to do to me in the grocery store? <laughs> like, <laughs> like grocery stores, but too much, right? And I get to the, I get to the <laughs> checkout line and there's a lady in front of me buying Christmas stuff that she claims is on a discount, but they don't believe her. And I keep waiting for people to like take her away and Black Mirror her in some way and all that. And I realized, man, this show really got in my head. So yeah, Black Mirror, it'll make you a little paranoid. Yeah. Everything's the same in the supermarket, except that when you check out, if you have an odd number of items, they cut off a finger. Yeah. <laughs> and they count that as an item, and then you're I back to even. I just made another Black Mirror episode. Yeah. It seems normal until you get up there, like, oh, the number of items you have, and, and then you, you frown, and you're sad, and you put <laughs> yeah. your hand on the counter, and they chop off a finger, and you leave the store, and you're like, what kind of world is this where they chop off fingers when you buy groceries? And then you continue the rest of your normal life. What if Manchego, but even more? I binged Black Mirror 2, and, uh, you know, I was sitting there, I was like, you know, this show is making me feel a certain kind of way, blah, 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 but whatever, I'll be fine. And I'm sitting there, reading through Twitter, checking how many followers I have, drinking Soylent, and I think, oh, this is what the show's about. (laughs) You you know what that's made of, right, Brian? Uh, Don't tell me, I haven't seen the movie yet. But it's like when when I go to uh, just our local Walmart Almost every aisle now, and and I've been here a while. They've upgraded. It's like a modern store now. Amazingly enough, every aisle has a monitor, a a 
vertical rectangular monitor and they're all talking at you and they're all spitting coupons out at you. And and if you're not paying attention, you just kind of go, oh, I'm just shopping. And after you watch Black Mirror, you start to imagine they're talking to you. And as you're going <laughs> from one to the next, the one behind you is going, wait, where are you going? Come back, David. Ominous like, music what? plays. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this episode of The Incomparable is brought to you in part by Harry's. Imagine a bleak future where shaving is not allowed. No, no. It, fortunately, that's not here. Uh, but Harry's is fighting the power in the name of big razor companies who keep increasing prices and reaping immense profits at the expense of customers. Jeff and Andy from Harry's, they're just ordinary guys. They were tired of getting ripped off by shaving companies and they started Harry's. That's it. That's what they did. And now they've got like a a factory in Germany and they're uh, taking a little less profit and selling straight to you over the internet, which means that what they offer way cheaper than you'll find in the drugstore, $2 a blade compared to four or more at the drugstore. Great ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricant strip and trimmer blade there's rich lathering shave gel a travel blade cover so you don't cut yourself it's all really nice stuff i shave with harry's every day that i shave i work at home i don't shave every day but i shave at least every other day and it's with harry's stuff harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades they want you to try their shave set for free. That's right. Free. You cover the shipping when you sign up and they'll send it to you free and as a special offer to fans of The Incomparable. Go to harrys.com right now. Enter my last name, Snell, at checkout and you'll get a post-shave balm also free. That's harrys.com and use the code Snell. Thank you, Harry's, for saving us from the bleak future where no one can shave except the super rich. And for sponsoring The Incomparable. Should we talk about the episodes? Oh, yes, right. let's. Okay. All right. We're just going to take them in turn. There are only 13 of them. This is like a lightning round. We can talk about them as little or as much as we want. This whole thing is a bring out your dead round. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, sure. Black Mirror will bring out your dead for you in a terrible way that you weren't expecting. Oh, well, you might have been expecting it. You probably were expecting it, actually. It's just a question of how and when. So, a future Jason here. Uh, here's the deal. We actually talked in this lightning round about 13 episodes of black mirror for like two hours and it's too much so what we're going to do we're going to spend time with the five episodes that our panel clearly liked the best of the whole 13 if you want to hear the rest of our conversation about all the other episodes of black mirror if you're a completist if you have a favorite episode that we didn't cover i'm going to break it to you it wasn't one of our favorites because the four that you're going to hear are our favorites then there will be a bonus episode of the rest of Black Mirror that will be coming after this one. But for this one, uh, I'm going to jump around and I'm going to fast forward. It's like a Black Mirror episode. What if podcasts changed and moved and fast forwarded during the episode? That's It wouldn't be a very good episode, but here we are. And uh, please listen to our discussion of four really great episodes of Black Mirror. Be Right Back, which feel features Haley Atwell, TV's Agent Carter, TV's and Films Agent Carter, and Don Hall Gleason. Uh, this is a story about a young married couple, and the man uh, is uh, killed in a car crash. 
and a friend of the the widow Haley Atwell, who also had a, a personal loss, says there's this new product in beta that scrapes all of the uh, the the digital trails on social media of uh, a person who's died and and uh, simulates them, and so she she ends up sort of having it in a moment of of sadness. The the friend sort of signs her up for it, and in a moment of of, of despair, she clicks once, and it leads to uh, an escalation of her having a series of first text messages and then audio conversations and then ultimately uh the 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 purchase of a robot simulacrum of her dead husband who can walk around the house um and again all the implications of this um from uh sort of beginning to end and uh this is in my top two i absolutely adored this episode it's very sad it's it's so sad because Haley Atwell does a very good job of getting across the utter despair of somebody who has lost her partner. Um, but I found it, um, you know, not cynical actually, which is weird for Black Mirror, <laughs> and and I I uh, I really I really loved it. This this I loved it a lot. Um, what did what did you all think, John? What do you think of this one? So this is almost passes into magical realism for me, like it's yeah. less sci-fi because because this is so far into the realm of if they have the technology to do this, then X, Y, and Z, yeah. and it's like we're not even interested. In it. it is so like we're like the text message thing. It's like okay, um, maybe someone in, in in grief could be fooled by that, and it wouldn't have world-changing implications that 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 a real strong AI like that would have. But then when the guy shows up, it's like, all right, well, if you can make artificial <laughs> humans that pass for humans, the implications of that are so massive, but the show's not interested in them. So I'm, no. I'm willing to take... It's in this, beta. Yeah, I'm willing... Yeah, I, yeah that's I a agree. hell of a beta. I'm I willing know, to treat know, this right? as, as a fairy tale. Like, if, if you, if you yeah. replace all the sci-fi with magic, I think the story still works. I like the actors, I like the performances, I like the story, and then I just pretend there was, like, you know, a fairy in the forest that they granted this wish to have your loved one back in these various forms first you could only write letters to them on on parchment magic Mm. parchment and then they'll show up at your house and it but it's not really them i i forgive all of that i enjoyed watching the thing um i just i just pretend it's not sci-fi it is a fable about but what it's it's a fable about how our presence on the internet and social media is not who we are it's it is a fable about uh you know about grief and about how you process grief and you know lots of things that fables usually aren't about but that's what it is yeah exactly let me ask, did you think this had a happy ending or a sad ending? Because I thought this ending was terribly sad. Well, I think it's a very sad ep- episode. I-, I think this, actually, the only false note I find in the whole thing is that I feel like this is the episode that, uh, like so many of these, goes one scene too far. And I, although the ending yeah. is interesting because you can, in, in the end, it's a time jump and we see that Haley Atwell has kept the simulacrum around and now that she's, she finds out, by the way, she finds out she's pregnant after her husband has died. Um, and that's part of her, her loss and, and what she's trying to deal with. Um, and uh, she keeps him around in the attic and the daughter gets to go up and visit with him. Um, and it's sort of like as a reminder of who her father was, who she never got to meet. Um, but it's it's super sad and bittersweet that she's still there and he's still hanging around. And I, I really wanted to end wanted it to end in the previous scene where she tells him to jump off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I you know, I, I, I get the value of that last scene, but I kind of wish it wasn't there. But the whole thing is just 
sad. I mean, I don't feel, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel a little sadder for Hayley Atwell in that last scene because it suggests that she hasn't, like, moved on with her life as much, although he is in the mm-hmm. attic, right? He just stays in the attic. He's, like, with the boxes. But, uh, but yeah, I, I would have preferred without it. That indecision to keep him around instead of either keep him in your life or throw him away is what speaks so loudly to me about this character. And when I didn't know a single thing about the episode going in, and then when they said, oh, we can bring him back by scraping his social media presence, you can talk to him. Yeah, I knew exactly where it would go. She would spiral into needing him around. And I feel like the ending was an interesting uh left turn from that but it was still incredibly sad and bleak and i I didn't see any optimism in in this whatsoever it was completely bleak i think his presence is part of her healing process and she is not ready to she is you know she didn't get a chance to say goodbye he was suddenly gone and so she gets to be reminded of him and reassured when she's at her darkest moment and then and then she is sort of healing she gets out of the house she goes for hikes which he didn't even like to do um and but she talks to him on on the phone basically it, it's it i never felt like it was horribly um like she was wrecking her life by doing this i felt like it was part of her grieving process and i think that's the natural way the grieving process concludes is her uh she kind of leaves the i miss him i miss him anything that reminds me of him part of her life and starts to notice all the ways that he's not the real person and that's part mm-hmm. of her grieving process too and that's what i thought was kind of beautiful is that first she's clinging on for dear life but then she moves she progresses to the point where she realizes and it, one of my favorite things in all of black mirror is that first scene where she doesn't believe he likes disco and he knows all the words to a disco song <laughs> and um and then when um and she's shocked by this. And then at the end, uh, they're in the car and she's got the disco on and he just says, I hate disco. And, and that's that moment where she realizes it's not him. It's, it's like him, but it's not him. And that's the moment where she's ready to let him go. And uh, so, so I chose to read this as a kind of a beautiful, weird, but beautiful story about somebody processing grief in a really unusual way, but really going through the grieving process. And, and, uh, and that's, that's why he's in the attic, because she finally, you know, she's, she's yeah. putting him more towards the place, but it's, it's undercut by the fact that she's keeping it around for her daughter to visit which is probably not healthy and why are you getting that entanglement so her 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 grief her grief progression works but like then it gets weird yeah (laughs) then then she then she makes some questionable parenting choices yeah it's it is it's like you said it's one scene too long um you know telling telling him to jump is just sort of a stunning moment because that is the acceptance that's you know i i don't need you yeah i i can't i can't keep you because you're not him and you know, go away. Um, it it also reminded me of an Alfred Hitchcock episode um, from back when it was still a half an hour. Alfred Hitchcock presents back when they did anthologies on TV, ha! Huh. And uh, it's called "Design for Loving" from a Ray Bradbury story about a man and a robot, and he gets uncomfortable with the the because the, the robot is a duplicate of himself. And the robot starts to get closer and closer to his wife because he he was sort of like, well, I'll build this robot and he will keep my wife occupied and I can go off and do other things. But then the robot becomes more attached to the wife and the wife becomes more attached to the robot. And it, I mean, it's not exactly the same, obviously, but I, I wondered if uh, they had seen this episode and said, hey, yeah, that gives me an idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this is definitely in my top two or three. Yeah. 
Me too. Brian, did I convince you that there's some optimism yeah, and, 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 uh, and less cynicism? <laughs> <laughs> certainly. And the fact that, you know, you're right, they really resisted the urge to end it properly with her actually getting rid of the robot and accepting his loss or her loss and the fact that she still keeps him around which by the way i don't think is for her daughter because there's at least a few months of time where she could have gotten rid of him for her own sake without the daughter ever having known i think that was her last little bit of attachment which is he does you know she's never going to know what her father was like and this is you know she knows that this isn't him but it's it's the closest that her daughter would ever come to knowing who what her father was like so she keeps him around for that i can that's my you know that's my filling in the blanks or headcanon or whatever you want to say is that that's the reason he's still around is that it's better than nothing but um it's not enough for it's like a, a living breathing family album yeah exactly right? <laughs> it's not a, it's not an exact representation of everything that you did in that history and all of those photos but it's enough it's a, it's a hint it gives you an idea uh, should we move on? Plus, I love Haley Atwell. She's so great. It was great yeah. to see her in this. She did a great job. She's really great. Let me take a break to tell you about one of our sponsors. It's Blue Apron. Blue Apron is trying to prevent a food dystopia with some of their great practices. For example, the beef and chicken are raised humanely and the pork is raised naturally. Chickens are free range. Uh, the seafood is sourced sustainably in a partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. It can be delivered to 99% of the continental U.S. And there's very little food waste because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe. And you know what? It's teaching us to make new meals. I've been getting Blue Apron for more than a year now. I'm a customer um, and I am very happy. We have different things that we're cooking. We were really caught in a rut and uh, we have two meals a week now provided by Blue Apron. We get the ingredients, we get the recipes, we make them. And if we like them, you know, we keep the recipe cards and we make them again ourselves. So our entire family cooking wet repertoire has changed dramatically. Let me give you some examples of some of the Blue Apron meals that are available in January. Spicy shrimp and Korean rice cakes with cabbage and furkake. Pork chops and garlic piccata with scallion rice and spinach. Mushroom and chipotle pepper enchiladas with lime sour cream. I had that one. Oh, it was so good. So check out this week's menu and you can get three meals free. Your first three meals will be free with free shipping. If you go to blueapron.com slash Snell, you will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Blueapron.com slash Snell. Don't fall into the food dystopia. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Here is a 90-minute three-part <laughs> story starring John Hamm and Rafe Spall uh, that is, I boy, if, if this is how you... It originally aired in uh, on December 16th of 2014, which is good because I think, I think Channel 4 didn't want to ruin everybody's Christmas in the UK. Yeah. And, and that's good because it's dark. It's really dark. Um, I but, have, but you like it dark. I, have, I do like it dark, David. I have this one on the bottom. <laughs> of my uh, of of my liked it list it is in my top half i like mm -hmm. i liked it a lot and what's funny about so so basically we're we're in this weird like cabin out in the woods and john ham is making a christmas meal for 
uh, Rafe Spall, where he comes out and like, oh, you never even talked to me, but we've been here all this time, but I'm going to make you this. Uh, it's Christmas, so we're going to do this. And John Hamm tells a couple of stories about like, I used to be, uh, I used to be like a Cyrano who would whisper uh, what people needed, to, what guys needed to do to pick up women, but it went horribly wrong, and he picked up this woman who was going to kill herself, and because uh, she's crazy, and she kills him instead, and and that was really bad. Um, and then he says, "Oh, I got an, I got a, but I, that's uh, what else is it? Uh, he, oh, he also has the, um, but I got another story. Um, I've got a story about uh, a lady who." Uh, who gets a, a thing put in her, an aw- kind of awful rich woman who gets a thing put in her head that uh, is like a virtual version of herself. And what I did, my job was to torture that virtual version of her until it decided that the, rather than being tortured, it would work as the personal attendant, virtual house attendant for the original woman. Um, so you're like, oh my God, John Hamm is a monster and this is getting darker and darker. Why is this a Christmas special? And then <laughs> Rafe Spall tells his story which is about how he uh has a uh he has an argument with his uh with his i don't know his partner anyway girlfriend or wife um i think girlfriend and uh it turns out that she's pregnant and she's going to get an abortion and he's really angry and says why don't i have a say and he throws a thing against the wall and she blocks him which is this technology where you, you basically can't hear them and they can't hear you everybody's got implants and stuff and and there's a lengthy horrible story about what happens next with him and i have to say by the time i got to the end even though i saw the twist coming a mile away um I kind of liked it because the conclusion brings all of the story elements together in a resolution. Um, however, it is also, Brian, once again, we discover that people we've been rooting for, the guy the guy who we knew was terrible is terrible, and the guy we were kind of rooting <laughs> for is also terrible. The end. Merry Christmas, everybody. That's- Yay, Merry Christmas. Well, it's, it's kind of like an entire series of, of Black Mirror. I know, in one in a episode. single episode, and it even ends with screaming. So, it does. you know, <laughs> how, how much better can you get? I feel that. I mean, big surprise. This is, uh, San Junipero notwithstanding, this is probably my favorite episode, <laughs> um, despite, you know, like... Well, you like horror. I, I love horror. Uh, I feel like this went dark without going too emotionally abusively dark. Uh, I really enjoy the yep. structure more than anything because a bunch of shorter stories where everything is essentially a Twilight Zone length episode chunk of this one big episode, I really enjoyed that. I thought John Hamm was fantastic. And this is going to be weird coming from me because I've been spouting crap about the show all night but i think this had a really great tongue-in-cheek humor about the fact that this is a christmas special and the ending worked really really well for me because you know yeah it ends with screaming nine of the 13 episodes of black mirror end with somebody (laughs) screaming at the top of their lungs but i really love that christmas music was playing underneath this one because you know what merry christmas also the guy the guy when it's revealed here that that joe um is actually being interrogated uh, by John Hamm uh, because he has killed his uh, ex-partner's father accidentally 
accidentally killing him. He he got angry and was violent to him, but didn't mean to kill him. And that leads actually to the girl that he thought was his daughter to go out in the snow and she dies too because she has no supervision. Um, the he didn't mean to do it. He's a, he made he made bad choices that led to it, but he's not, you know, and he's going to pay for it. Boy, is he going to pay for it, but it's not um right, he's not it's not like revealed that he was a monster all along. It's more like he was this guy who made bad decisions that led to an incredibly terrible end, kind of a terrible tragic end. Um I have to admit I I totally saw the 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 twist coming right which is the reason the reason that his girlfriend blocks him and then never and 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 then leaves and never picks the block off never turns the block off uh he sends he sends letters to her father because he knows where her father lives um he finds out that her father just threw them away so it never you know he's trying to make amends and he never gets the chance and it's only after she dies in a train accident that he discovers that the the child that she was pregnant with that she decided to keep is wasn't his and it was one of his coworkers and that that and you you know it was it's it's tragic and and tw- and and it's twisty plot wise and i did sort of see it coming i was like the reason cuz the, the 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 daughter's face is blocked too and i'm like well there you go right david that's going to be the yep. twist is that yep. is that we're going to see her <laughs> finally and it's going to be revealed that it, that she's not his but still and it's so sad and he's like i want to see my daughter and he just can't process it and and then he you know yeah and then it gets it becomes uh, terrible and awful things happen and he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life but i don't know i mean yeah it brian it's weird when i describe it the more i describe it it's like yeah merry christmas everybody but it was really good <laughs> it was really good Another thing I really like about the show is when they talk about the legal ramifications. There's lots of political ramifications of a lot of the tech, but my favorite moments in the show, and this episode has two of them, is the legal ramifications uh, where... Uh, a lot of the text sets precedent for uh, different legal cases and the fact that, A, legal blocks work for offspring as well, and two, that the cookies that they extract from people who are unwilling to talk um, can be used, used as, against them. Yeah, used it as is a confession. the least Fifth Amendment thing ever. I, I agree with Brian that the short length of these little segments, that the fact that it was like 90 minutes, but there was like a bunch of 20-minute things, really helped them condensed yeah. down like i think it's, it's this black had mirror the a, motion picture <laughs> this this yeah this had a higher class collection of ideas pulled from the sci-fi idea jar right yep uh they were the ideas i think were were more interesting they're not none of them were particularly new but they were more interesting and it was nice to see them briefly like they didn't have enough time to screw them up that much the the different sense of time of the ai the the pull, extracting memories the going in the going into someone's psyche to extract a confession like we've seen all these things before but none of them had enough time to overstay their welcome john ham was very charismatic and even though you say everyone is terrible he is the least terrible i think because he was there to do a job and i feel like all's fair in love and cookies like once he's in there doing that stuff uh um and it was a tragic story and i mean ta- you, uh, this show is should be famous for twists that people see coming you mentioned one of them the other one is obviously that john ham is in there to extract a confession like i don't know if they consider that yeah. a twist but it's so obvious from from the first thing but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the inventive structure before i could get annoyed or bored with a, th- a thing they moved on to another one um and yeah, I, I think I would put this in a similar place. Like if I had to sort these into bins, this is one I actually kind of liked maybe towards the bottom of it because it is still kind of grim, yeah. but it, uh, <laughs> it is, it is inventive. That's right where I've got my, got it in mind too, John. <laughs> it's at the bottom of the ones I I've got I this in my spookily good, bad, spookily good, bad. Good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's, it's at about the same place yeah. for me. 
Uh, maybe maybe in my top five, but it would be five. Right. Uh, but it it goes. It's exactly what you guys have been saying. It goes right back to what I said about Twilight Zone. That it's it. The, each element is just the right length, and you don't get tired of it, and you don't get bored with the world building, and you don't you don't have enough time to think through the implications of what's going on. You just go, oh, exactly. And John Hamm. And John. Like John Hamm. And nice to yeah, nice to have John Hamm in there. He's he's dreamy. <laughs> sure. Um, okay, let's move on to season three, the Netflix season, and we'll start with Nosedive. Uh, Nosedive is an episode where Bryce Dallas Howard uh, is really obsessed with her social ranking. Everybody in the entire world is ranked on every interaction they do out on, on a five-star system, and benefits come to those who have high scores. And so everything is about trying to extract the highest rating for every single thing that you do in this entire world world. This is a story by Charlie Brooker, um, interestingly written by Rashida Jones, who you may know from The Office, and Mike Schur, who wrote for The Office and created Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Parks and Recreation and The Good Place. So an interesting mixture of talent uh, on the writing side, too. Um, what did what did everybody think about Nosedive, Brian? Uh, first, a, f- a few things about the Netflix season in general. Oh, sure. uh, I guess they have the binge data to know who's watching what and in what binges, but I can't imagine anybody watching more than one or two episodes of this at a time. Yeah. But oh, hey, God. if it's enough for them to acquire and produce a whole six-episode season for everyone to binge at once... Fine by me. Go right ahead. Um, I feel like the Netflix season is the best overall uh, for a whole bunch of reasons we'll get into. But my favorite thing about Nosedive is that it has the best slow burn of technology reveals. First, you see that they're doing the swiping, they're doing the rating, and then, oh my god, you can see the rating as you're doing things in real life. You can swipe your waiter, you can swipe your friend, you can swipe the person on the elevator. That's pretty great. And then, as it goes on, you see that airports are affected by this. Nobody under 3.8 is allowed at the country club. Uh, nobody under 2.5 is allowed into freaking work. I-, I thought this was the best slow reveal of what the tech implications were, while pretty good character things were happening overall yeah john so this has the thing where let's pretend human nature is different than it is where the (laughs) the vast majority of the world is positioned as just craven uh demanding of attention and and affection and caught up in the social networking thing and then the the tiny fringe are the people who are just like i don't care about that stuff like the crazy people like oh you don't care about your rating let me tell you i used to care about my rating but now i'm a happy truck driver right that's the fringe (laughs) um you know anyway whatever it's a silly moralizing story about uh you know popularity and social networking i i give it more of a pass than the other ones that have similar problems because it had a little bit of spunk Mm -hmm. and humor and like that's black mirror is, is sadly missing a lot of that and that goes a long way. Like, all right, whatever. It is a silly, ridiculous this, this premise. Is a fable, this is a fable too, right? This is about manners and about social graces and about taking to the extreme social graces lead to this completely false. Right. I mean, you, you seem to have done better in lots of movies that Victorian movies, like even Pride and Prejudice right. for crying We all kiss up to people that we shouldn't. And, and this is like taken to a complete extreme and the her interactions with some of the the people she talks to are so painful to watch because everybody's just trying to please everybody else. Um, that, and then at right. one point she gets right. knocked in, down in a way that for trying too hard. Wouldn't sign up for. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's taking things to an extreme to tell that to, yeah, I, I agree. But, but it, but it has a sense of humor about itself. 
and it and it it is it is funny and the, you know the actors and the characters are good so i mean by the end i was just like oh really like this is where we're going with this with the whole <laughs> wedding things All right, but whatever you know i this this one doesn't bother me. I was much. laughing for the last twenty minutes. Once I realized that this show wasn't <laughs> trying to kill Bryce Dallas Howard, but I was actually, and it was just going to be increasingly because really the nosedive. I mean, it is amazing. She goes from being like a pretty happy four point two, four point three, and she just her rating just continues to go down uh, as her little road trip happens, where she's trying to get to this wedding. So to the point where when she's getting close to the wedding, uh, the the girl who's getting married is like, "Don't even come. You're not invited." And she's like, "No, I'm coming anyway." Right. And it just keeps on happening. And I just I was just laughing at that point. Once I got over the fact that Black Mirror wasn't trying to kill her because it made me laugh because it's funny. And, and that goes I think that goes to the fact that Rashida Jones and Mike Schur wrote it and that it's uh, it's Charlie Brooker's idea with this other an, another take on the details that uh, I think it was a good combination. I think it really I think it really worked. It was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. This this was one of my favorites. It might be in my top three. Um Precisely because uh, over the years, Mike Schur has become one of my very favorite TV writers of all. Totally. Um, you know, certainly, I mean, I live in Pawnee, Indiana, so, uh-huh. you know, and, and The Good Place, if you haven't watched The Good Place yet, please yeah, watch The watch Good that. Place. And it it is like a full season of a, of a Black Mirror premise, but done a little better. It's funny, yeah. Um, and, and funny. And and that's that's exactly what this brought in. This is the kind of story and and the kind of touch that Black Mirror could be doing more more consistently. And it would probably get its little satirical points across better if it had more of the humor to it. If it weren't just bitter acid dark, you know. It this has so many more shades to it, and uh, you know. And that's that's entirely from from Jones and Shure, I think. I enjoyed it. Um, I think it had, as I said, the best slow burn of uh, technology reveal. It took me a long time, actually, the very until the very, very end, to realize that Black Mirror was not going to try to kill her. I was entirely expecting a suicide or murder or some kind of terrible thing uh, because, hey, Black Mirror, that's what it does. Uh, I still enjoyed it. I thought all the acting and writing was top-notch. I mentioned to you, Jason, like, yeah, this had an office vibe uh, to me. <laughs> and and then you told me, wait, Rashida Jones, Mike, sure. there we there go. go. Great. Uh, I got my, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. I uh, figured out how to make the ending a lot more palatable. She had to say, Hi, everyone. I'm Lacey. I'm uh, Naomi's best friend. And even though I'm a 1.4 right now, I spent all of my cultural capital to get here in time today and then do the rest of the speech instead of melting down. I have to admit, part of me wanted her to... Uh, I was happy with whatever, but part of me was curious if the if the show would have her pull it out at the end, uh, uh, where she like gave a rousing speech and her rating went back up, uh, which is not what happened. <laughs> and part she is frog marched out of the wedding reception. Um, part of me also wanted to, her to take uh, her friend, her you know her her friend of me from high school who invited her because a consultant had her invite her. I mean, let's be clear about that too to take her down part of me wanted her to like undercut her so that the bride would lose her ratings and made the, she made this mistake and now she's going to pay for it and that didn't happen either but i was fine with it either way it was again it was absurd and 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 sort of scabrous and great speech and yeah it was fun a lot of fun this, this is one i'd actually watch again oh yeah 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 i actually want to watch it again because now i know they're not trying to kill her like black mirror <laughs> usually does Thank <laughs> you. 
Next is an episode that anybody in California would call San Junipero, but of course, this is Black Mirror, so it's San Junipero? Junipero. Oh, that's not how it's said. Okay, John, John, give me your opening statement. Yes. (laughs) Let's do it. This is the best episode (laughs) of Black Mirror. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. My opening statement is this episode. All right. So you made this you made this list in the Slack channel today, like sorting the episodes into like the ones that you hated and the ones that were kind of okay and the ones that you liked. Um, and I was willing to go along with that for the purposes of relating to the episodes that we've covered so far to your ranking system. But the way I conceptualize Black Mirror is the entire series exists only to ever so slightly elevate what is an amazing episode of television. Because Sandra DePero would be good mm. all on its own. I agree. But yeah. because it is an episode of Black Mirror, <laughs> all the rest of the episodes, are, their only function, their only function is to show you exactly how amazing this is because <laughs> as a, as a television episode it's good as a black mirror episode it is transcendent because because it is the catharsis yes it is the yeah. release from all the other dreck that you had to wade your way through <laughs> i love this episode so much uh, because it was good tv and because it was like my reward for for getting through the rest of black mirror and say ah yes there there is light and good in this world and it was just beautifully made and and, uh, and let's go I'll, I'll go on and gush about it now yeah it's great san junipero is a story about uh two women who meet in a club in 1987 i will also point out as a as a somebody from the 80s as david and john are to a certain degree uh john a little younger than me and david but um they nailed it this is the most impressive um and this i guess goes to the budget that maybe they had a better budget for this season because this is the most impressive replication of 1987 which was my junior and senior years in high school that i have ever seen the music is the right music the fashions are the right fashions the movie posters are the right movie posters. The video games. The arcade games. Uh, yeah. Yep. So they they, they, <laughs> they killed it. So they meet. And at first we're thinking, uh, although really, again, it, it doesn't matter. But um, I, like, I like how it's done when we first meet these characters. Uh, something that, uh, that Yorkie says, I immediately think, okay, well she's new in this time period whatever this is she you know something is going on right it's black mirror she says some things she's reacting to things in a a weird way something is going on but we don't know what it is um and but yet it plays out as these two women they kind of uh they meet because uh the one woman needs uh somebody to help her fend off the this this dude um but there's they make a connection uh there's a uh, a suggestion of romance they're they're anyway they make this connection and then they meet again the next a week later uh with weird music in between the weeks that because it's black mirror and uh, and then it turns out that they're jumping across time periods, and they're in the seventies, and they're in the nineties, and they're in the two thousands. And she's trying to find; she loses track. Yorkie does, uh, and and she tries to find find her. And uh, it's uh, and in the end, what is revealed is that San Junipero is a virtual reality where old people go as therapy, 
and then when you die, you can have your entire consciousness transferred there full time. And 80% of the people who live in San Junipero just are dead and live there all the time. And everybody else just kind of comes to visit and gets to revisit these different eras. And that's what the story is. But it's kind of, it is a beautiful story. They find each other in the real world. There's a question of uh, whether, whether um, Kelly is going to join uh, San Junipero uh, full time, or if she's just going to die, because it turns out she's dying of cancer. Yorkie is planning on living there full time. Uh, we see the outside world. Um, Carson City, Nevada has never looked better, by the way. Uh, it doesn't look like <laughs> that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, is, it is beautiful. It is spectacular in all the ways, including the period rec- you know, period recreations and the emotional notes and the future stuff is fun and even the little tag that happens at the end which usually will destroy your soul is actually kind of beautiful in san Junipero. <laughs> it, it yeah i i all i can say is yes no it, it, this is a perfect episode it is what i was saying earlier about the world building it nails every set detail every piece of set dressing and costume and and music and and i think a large part of the budget may have gone to getting the music yeah uh he actually said that you know he he heard heaven is a place on earth after writing the episode and decided he had to have it in there and would have been heartbroken if they couldn't get it and so they got it and that's and that's so on the nose and you'd be like oh you're gonna do that like they earn it like Go ahead, go ahead, have like to, like. I mean, it's another. This episode has so many things that you see coming, uh, but you allow them to unfold because it is good and right. That's <laughs> how so they play that song. It's like yes, none none of it is in your face about it though. It is very subtle. I mean, just some of the things that sort of pass underneath, right? Uh, just a, a shot of Max Headroom as she's walking by, where you know what is Max Headroom but a character who has been. Uh, knocked unconscious and placed in this virtual reality, and then and then it's not even the Max Headroom show. She she sees the video for Paranormia, Paranormia which you know there there are all Am these just really subtle connections between all of the background details, and it is just so beautifully done. But it's not about the technology, and it's not about the world building. It is about these two characters, and it is. You're exactly right. It is your reward for slogging through all the rest of Black Mirror, and I mean, I didn't, I didn't list the episodes by any kind of ranking. I mean, I didn't, you know, I just kind of go, well, I like these, and I really didn't like these. This is absolutely number one with a long gap between one and two. I, the, for me, the gap's not that much between here and be right back because i do love be right back but it's a very different feel and this is this is a a, an amazing yeah it's it's spectacular you will never be never have i been happier or more delighted to identify c'est la vie by robbie neville (laughs) (laughs) but you know what 1987 man it was in my brain somewhere and i'm like i know that song and i looked i looked every song up and they're all from 1987. They killed it. They did. They, they did not. You yeah. know, a lot of stuff set in the 80s. They'd be like, yeah, we'll put this song in. Yeah, that was from two years later. You got it wrong. And they're like, nope, dead on everything. The only show I've seen that is is that good about it is the Americans. They really. Oh uh, yeah, that's that is a good nail example. things by calendar day. Yeah, but most shows, yeah, and yeah, I mean, I I, I love the the other episode, but this one. 
That one is good. This is the the potential hinted at by the other episode, right? This is where he can go when he wants to, and he needs to go yeah. there more. Who is this? Who is this Charlie Brooker who wrote this episode? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine finding another guy great, with the same name. Uh, location shooting, by the way, here. Uh, not only do they do a great job with the club and the costumes and the music and, and all the of that. The beach scenes. The beach beautiful. is beautiful. Driving uh, on the roads in your Miata. Oh, it's just, it's I know. awesome. Apparently they shot this. I, was, I, I had to look it up because being a Californian, I'm like, where did they shoot this? And the answer is, of course, Cape Town, South Africa is where they shot it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> fine. Close enough. It's got the same climate as Southern California. It'll work just fine. But I but I am still bugged by the pronunciation of Hunapan. Yeah, it's not... You know, well, in the future, they can't pronounce Spanish words. Brian, what do you think? Love it? Love it? Queer love is so important. I'm so glad they made this. This is one of the few episodes I will recommend to people. All of my friends have been like, oh, yeah, people have told me to watch this. That's the gay one, right? Uh, it is absolutely amazing. And I no, <laughs> that's how I know about it. That's they're going in spoiler. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the gay one in both senses. Exactly. Um, uh, no, all, all of my queer friends love this. Uh, well, and the nice thing about it is. It's it's incidental. It, there's not a big yeah. deal about it, right? It could have – I mean, he originally wrote it as a heterosexual couple. And he just realized this would be so much better this way. And it's kind of adorable because right. the first mm-hmm. thing that that, uh, that she says is, oh, people are uh, people are okay with it now, which has a different meaning when you understand yeah. where they're from, but their ages, than when, uh, yeah. th- than when you read it as like she's Kelly saying it about the 80s. But either way, it's because uh, one of them is like uh, Yorkie is hesitant to be seen like dancing with her and Kelly's like, nah, yeah, people are fine with it now. This took me a few screenings to uh, get through and really like understand all the importance and all the emotions and everything. The first time I was like, oh, that was pretty good. That was pretty sweet. Second time I bawled. Third time I bawled. Mm. Um, I, I have nothing more to say about this. You haven't said. I think it's a perfect episode and it is not a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Tell you that. It's beautiful. The, the, the shot of the little, uh, the little, uh, cookies basically little caps being put in the servers and blinking around like next to each other is just it, it, that that part is kind of amazing too um the the scenes outside the scene with the like the tech who's going to marry her just so that he can give his permission for her to take the euthanasia a world populated with nice people imagine what must that be like uh yeah it, hell? it's it's uh it's great um the other thing, uh, yeah, I mean, it's great. I, I wanted to say, since you mentioned, Brian, you know, this is a, a story about two women who are in love with each other. Um, one thing that I noticed throughout, and and uh, it's just throughout all of Black, the run of Black Mirror, is the casting is remarkable in its racial diversity. Uh, remarkable for American TV anyway. I think British TV does a better job of this a lot of the time, but, but the racial diversity I, I, I noticed throughout every episode, um, and a real attempt made to have, uh, a, uh, a gender considerations in terms of women in, in, non-traditional roles roles that usually go to men and uh you know it was just i felt like casting wise this show really nailed it like this show is a really great uh not samey feeling show on that on that front unless they intend it to be to make a point well yes exactly so this uh did a lot of the same things that other black mirror episodes do but subverted them was like i said it's almost as if the other episodes need to exist for this one to be even further elevated uh <laughs> yes. like when they yes. when they show the when they show the blinking lights right like 
uh, the traditional Black Mirror uh, angle on that, if they ever have the slow zoom in on the blinky lights in the big server farms, as contrasted with the world we see in San Junipero, where these people are doing these things on this beach and driving around, like, but really, they're just in a bunch, like, the regular Black Mirror way to do that is, like, you thought it was this nice thing, but really, it's this terrible, grim prison, and they are not <laughs> even alive, and they are just things in the computer. Uh, this episode doesn't do that. No. This episode of the show says... In fact, it, it does the optimistic sci-fi thing. Uh, yes, they're they're not really there. It's it's a construction. But this is the triumph of technology. Human beings making things to make their lives better. The ultimate triumph of technology, yeah. giving you a place to realize the things that you could not do in your life. She's a, she's a quadriplegic. She was in an accident. She never had a chance to have any kind of love or relationship. Yeah. To give someone else a second chance whose husband died, and she mourns him. She's get, she doesn't even know if she wants to have a second chance. We did this, humans, by by being smart, being smart little monkeys, and doing stuff. We made this thing that gives us a second chance. And that is the most optimistic thing of humanity. And showing the blinking lights is like, uh, the, you know, the, the other thing that comes to mind, but even though it's totally unrelated, is the, the, the one particular scene they have in the REM video for uh, Losing My Religion, where they show all the craftsmen gathered around the metal wings that they built after Icarus melted. That's a confusing video. Anyway, like <laughs> to show we, we, we as humans have overcome using our ingenuity and uh, and enabling things that weren't previously possible beautiful things um so that you can have an actual happy ending to a black mirror episode where uh the the emotional journey of the characters is complicated the writing is tight every they they hit their notes to to establish slowly and carefully what their backgrounds are they have conflict they come apart they come back together like it is it is amazing to me that they got so like I watch it I watch it multiple times and just seeing how they managed to fit this much story into this many episodes and also by the way the slow reveal which again is obvious because that's a Black Mirror thing of like oh they're in a simulation it's yeah. clear from the beginning but you don't care because you're so wrapped up in these characters it's just like a background type of thing and they they dole that one out in in a nice even stream like. They even have like impactful, exciting moments, like when she goes through the windshield, which still works, even though you've known it's a simulation from like the beginning of the episode, right. because it is, you know, an acting out. Like, there's there's just not a wrong note here, and my favorite parts are by far the driving in the car scenes and the scenes at the beaches, because I think that is beautiful. And as much as I love the clubs and the arcades and all the and all the '80s fashion, and I knew all those songs too, by the way, like every single word, I could write them all oh, down yeah. because they're on the radio. They're on yeah. the radio forever. Uh -huh. um, and and I, I I expected heaven is a place on earth at the end. And when they did it, I celebrated it. Like yes. a, that, <laughs> when that happens, like when you earn it so much that I will give you the hundred percent on the nose thing is like uh, I. I, I will I think I will watch this again the same way you watch like a favorite movie again. Like I need to save it somewhere so that like sometime next year or something I'll be like, you know what, I want to see San Junipero. Absolutely. The, for for I, I think you're t absolutely right about the other episodes had to exist for this to work even better. Because we one of the things I talk about with my theater partner is uh plays and TV shows that that train you how to watch them, right? Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. The first, I don't know, 30 minutes of that play are training you for the rest of the show. The Wire trains you to watch for the rest of the show. And this is one where you're trained to the point where you, you get to this and you go, well, it's a Black Mirror episode. They're all going to die and they're all going to be screaming <laughs> at the end. And and the twist is that 
No. They're all going to die they're, and be happy. They're exactly. And you don't expect that. So it has this wonderful impact. And you know, one of the other things he likes to point out to me is uh you know, he'll he'll come to me with a, a book or a movie or something and say, "You're going to wish you had written this." Um, and he's been absolutely right a couple of times. He's been right about the song Are You Happy Now by Richard Schindel. Good song. And and this he hasn't seen this, but this is one of those things that I would have been proud to have written. It's just gorgeous. I want to say a word about uh, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, who was on Doctor Who a while ago, and uh, Mackenzie Davis from Halt and Catch Fire. Uh, both great performances, too. And Mackenzie Davis, in those 80s scenes, not only is everything else immaculate, Mackenzie Davis in those scenes is like she literally walked off of a movie screen from an 80s teen movie. Um, the glasses, oh, yeah. the, the, uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, she's like a character from real genius or something. It's amazing. It's amazing. She's got the facial features of the girls they would cast. I know. Like, for those, and those then she movies. takes her glasses she, off looks, because that's a yeah. trope from those. That's yeah. what you do. It's amazing. She gets to have different hairstyles. The whole scene with her in front of the mirror, changing, changing her clothes. Outfits, yeah. You know, it's like, I, I could so see great. Ali Sheedy doing that yeah. in her prime. Yeah. Okay, yeah. one more. This is, one more. This is this is hated in the nation, which in which a um, there is a there is a a death of a woman who is a columnist who wrote a terrible thing that was very controversial, and then she dies. And the investigators, uh, led by uh, led by Kelly McDonald, uh, who I have loved since she was in State of Play, uh, discover. Uh, that there is a we're, we're, by the way we're living in a world where bees have have basically died out and there are little mechanical bees that are replacements uh they discover that this woman did not uh, she she it looks like she killed herself but we discover that she has actually been killed by a a bee, one of those bees burrowing into her and causing her so much pain that she wants to kill herself. And then there, the next day, there is another bee attack, that uh, artificial bee attack that kills um, that kills a rapper. Um, and that's a great. Uh, there's a great scene in an MRI where things explode out of somebody's head because there's a metal bee inside him. Uh, so it's a police procedural that turns into a sci-fi thriller somebody has hacked into the bee network and is using the bees as weapons and it turns out it's a social media game that is happening where if you do hashtag what is it must kill death death to hashtag death to and somebody's name the person who is at who is gets the most votes uh, will will die by metal B. Um, people don't understand that yet. It's not public originally, um, but after the after the second killing, it comes out. The prime minister is very upset because who's Ben Miles from uh, from coupling because uh, he's going to be next. And uh, in the end, it is revealed that uh, what the end game of this guy's uh, plan is not to create some sort of sick game where the public uh, gets to choose a person to die every day. But instead, he's a collect- he's collecting a list of names of people who vote on social media to kill somebody. And in the end, when they shut off the bee network, the bees go to their last command, which is to kill everybody who voted for somebody to die. And hundreds of thousands of people are killed. Um, and in the last scene, um, one of the characters finds the guy who is behind all of this in a Latin country somewhere and presumably is going to get her revenge. And that's hated in the nation. So I'm going to say 
Uh, maybe, maybe it's the 13 episodes of Black Mirror talking, but I kind of love this. I love this because <laughs> I felt like it was, first off, I felt like it was not Black Mirror in the sense that the twist in the end is the, a, a twist that works better for me, which is that this is about punishing the sick people on the, on the internet who would wish somebody dead instead of, you know, the reverse, which almost every other Black Mirror episode is. And, I thought it worked as a mystery and as a kind of like a sci-fi, you know, tech uh, weird kind of police procedural where the police get called into it. I thought that the the scenes where they're being chased by bees were really effective. Metal bees. Um, <laughs> I, I just I, and it's also like 90 minutes long. I actually it's like a little movie and it really worked for me. So I, for me anyway, I didn't feel it was like my the burden of Black Mirror was lifted and I I was watching a, a, a an interesting kind of good kind of tech crime show, something like 8 levels up from CSI Cyber and I enjoyed it. It's it's almost like a good Torchwood. Yeah. Ooh. What must that be in the nation? <laughs> So that's what I thought. I've got to say for this one, I I did not know the twist going in either. Uh, this is another one I knew nothing about going in. No. And I couldn't even figure out where the plot was yep. going for the first, what, 40, 45 minutes until it was revealed that all the bees <laughs> had something to do with it. And Metal bees! <laughs> bees are one of my number one fears. So but this the bees are dead, Brian. These are just metal replacement bees. They're totally different. <laughs> Yeah, I thought they telegraphed the B thing with the 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 crime procedural didn't have any t- chance to get going before I you, you could figure out exactly what was killing all these people and then it's just a, a question of playing that out. You're waiting for the stupid characters in the show to figure it out. Um, the the I I, I guess somebody likes bees. Like I'm not I'm, I don't begrudge them their their little kink with the bees, but as far as threats go, especially in terms of protecting the prime minister, just close the damn door. Like just. They're just little metal bees. They're not magic. They get through, the, they get through the air. I did have that. Uh, it was a little bit ridiculous. I mean, if you're in saying, a house and you're... We're going to put you in a bunker where you're safe from chemical weapons. I'm going to guess you're going to be safe from bees, too. <laughs> right. right. Like, he's fine, right? And the same thing with everybody else. Like, I don't know. It's difficult to it's difficult to have this story play out if you don't have some way to massively kill people all at the same time. Maybe you just give them all implants to blow up or something like that. But there's hundreds... I, I mean, it, there's, it, there's like millions or billions of bees all over, and they have... And even if you hide for a day or two, they will just wait and see your face and they and we through the house attack we can see that they, they can kind of get in anywhere in your ears I, I didn't have a problem even if you could just wear a suit of armor from medieval times you'd be fine even if you no know, because the bees are small they'll just burrow in there i i I, bu- yeah. I bought it because i felt like even if they don't kill everybody they're going to kill a lot of people because who has that kind and, and they strike at once and yeah it's kind of a magical premise though because of the, the whole well, the whole they are magical but, but anyway bees. like I, yeah i i I, it's okay. It was all right. Like uh, I, I didn't think the ending of like I've tracked them to South America and I'm going to get them. I didn't need that. That's the Silence like, of the Lambs uh, ending. <laughs> a scene too far. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and and I, I, I get that. That's a ho- that's a more hopeful ending than have everyone get killed. I don't think but... they needed the um the entire framing sequence where Kelly McDonald is is testifying against a government commission. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was okay. What does because, it tell I mean, us? Because it sets up, I mean, it, it telegraphs the whole rest of the episode in, in classic Black Mirror fashion. It's like, you may not know exactly what's going to happen, but let me drop three things. Say, oh, this ends badly with a lot of people dying, not just a few. So that's what she's testifying about, like the events of whatever the date. They give it like a 9-11 type name or something like that. They telegraph so much stuff, but I I don't know. It was all right. Like, I, I feel like, again, that my categorization of show is the whole rest of Black Mirror and San Junipero. And this goes yeah. into the whole rest. And but but it's on the tail end where I'm coming down from. Like, and I just feel like this was just like a gentle glide 
to a landing. It's like, yeah, this is kind of like what Black Mirror episodes are like. I didn't, I didn't dislike it. It didn't, it didn't have the ter- didn't leave me with a terrible, gross feeling that all the other episodes uh, did. Yep. Um, I, I guess it would have to be if I had to go back to Jason's ranking. It would have to be in the section of the ones I kind of like, but just barely. Like it had the Torchwood is a good example. I've seen a few episodes of that, and it's the problem I have with Torchwood and even some Doctor Who, where it's like, this is a little silly, uh, and and some parts of it are a little bit flabby and could have been tighter. But you you just just roll with it. It's like all right, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. It's because I still have not cared for Torchwood. I like the idea. I appreciate oh, yeah. the idea. Eh, it's just never even even the good ones. And so this this seemed like a better episode of Torchwood than Torchwood ever made. Yes. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. It's just way better than Torchwood. That's the thing about it. Oh, uh, yeah. So I have this... Yeah. Uh, Tor- Torchwood had better characters than this, maybe. The characters yeah. in this, I thought, were kind of thinly drawn. They were just kind of marching through the plot. Just got, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, they yeah. it's, you know, they got one they got one episode and they got to blow stuff up. And, and, and the BFX uh, were not great. I have to say that did take me out of it a little mm. bit. The BFX were not Oh, great. I agree. Yeah. They spent all the money on the music for uh, yeah, for episode. <laughs> money yeah. money yeah. well spent. I enjoyed, the, I enjoyed <laughs> the cloud of bees, even though, yeah, the effects weren't that great. No, I have this I have this at number three on my list. I, I liked it, uh, but it's a big gap from yeah. San Junipero and Be Right Back for me to down to yeah, yeah, Hate in the I Nation and Nosedive. Maybe three or four for yeah. me. Uh, well, we've reached the end. There will be six more, but uh, that's later. Uh, so overall, what would you recommend? This is my last question for all of you. What would you recommend if people think, huh, you, I've listened to you guys talk in detail about all of these episodes of Black Mirror, but I haven't somehow watched them. What would, and to people who didn't listen to this episode, what would you say? Would you give them a, I mean, nothing, no show is more skippable, right? Because it's entirely uh, self-contained episodes. Would you tell them to watch San Junipero and then steer clear? Would you give them a little watch list? What's the uh, what? What's the viewing recommendation you would give for Black Mirror, Brian? Uh, I would say skip everything and watch San Junipero if you're so inclined. San Junipero is important for a whole bunch of other reasons outside of the show uh, that make the show make San Junipero even better, in my opinion. But honestly, just skip it. Everyone I've been talking to over the past few weeks, rewatching the show for uh, for this podcast, has been like, "Oh, uh, Black Mirror. Should should I watch that?" And I say, "No, <laughs> no. just do not watch it." <laughs> Fair enough, David. I would I would say here are a couple of episodes worth watching. Save San Junipero for the the last one that you watch. Uh, and if you enjoy them all, maybe give it all a chance. If you really like um, torturing characters, watch them all. Uh, but I, I would strongly go for the watch list and then and then watch a whole bunch of Twilight Zones that do it better. Yeah. John, what's your recommendation for Black Mirror? So just because we're old and grizzled and have... <laughs> seeing all these things before doesn't mean everybody is and so i That's would say right. depending on who i'm talking to if you, if they're really young and are into sci-fi um i would say give it a try because like what's what's the reason why did i watch all these episodes why did all of us watch it maybe jason watched it for the for the podcast but i watched all of them before i even knew there was going to be a podcast on it and i watched them mostly because as, as established in many past episodes i'm desperate for uh, anything that is like a sci-fi type premise <laughs> and i will i will you know try it all to encourage the creation of more of it hoping to get the good stuff um so if if I met someone and they're like, oh, I love sci-fi shows of all kinds, they listed a bunch of shows that are similar to this, and they were young, I would say, give it a try. I would give warnings about it um, to say, maybe you know, the first episode is rough. Maybe you try these particular episodes. But if I meet just a regular person who is not heavily into sci-fi and genre fiction and stuff like that, 
I would do the Brian approach 100%. I have done this. I've said people say, oh, Black Mirror. Because at this point, if someone's saying, oh, Black Mirror, is that any good? I've been hearing people talk about that. They're not super big sci-fi fans because by this point, they would have either already tried it and rejected it or know what it's all about. If they're asking that, that just means they're a regular television watcher and I just tell them one episode. I just pretend it's a movie. I Even, even with my wife who watched the first episode of Black Mirror and then basically bailed, which again, I don't blame her. I watched all these and I, I made her. I said, I know you don't think, think you don't like Black Mirror, but just watch this one episode yeah. with me. I don't think she liked it as much as I did, but she liked it. It was fine. And so that's the easy one. Regular people, San Junipero only. Sci-fi fans, especially younger ones who have a dim chance of, of seeing ideas for the first time in Black Mirror, unlike all of us old grizzled people. Uh, yeah, try, try a smattering of episodes. And, it's, and I think this has shown it's hard to predict which ones people will hate to the passion and which ones will just be like in the middle so yeah if you, you know obviously not for the people listening to this but i i would not say especially for those people uh san junipero can be this elevated highlight because they will grind their way through three or four other episodes of their choosing and then save yeah. that one for last it's like a ray it's like the sun breaks through the clouds <laughs> it's more like an a-bomb goes off and wipes the <laughs> wipes the, the the face of this show clean <laughs> i did not see that coming i've noticed uh that recommending a starter episode is different for a bunch of different people i showed uh my family's um nosedive as their first episode i showed my partner uh playtest as her first episode because she likes horror movies and it all depends on the person i feel like for the right person hated the nation is probably the best starter episode because it is the most tech uh thriller do you like the x-files or something like that hated the nation's gonna work exactly i mean like i think of like when i was a teenager like discovering stephen king books and a lot of his short stories which are the same kind of sort of nihilistic written by a young adult for a 13 year old's mind that you can't do that stuff when you're an adult, but every person has that first thing they see that like is edgy and does that thing. So a lot of people are seeing White Bear, and it's the first time they're seeing any story like that before. Yeah. Uh, and it's perfectly fine for this to be, for this to be the placeholder in their mind, for you know, so that when they see something 15 years after that, they can go, "Oh, I've seen this story a million times before," and it's and it's drink. Right. But you have to you have to start with something. So yeah. I don't I don't totally say that this entire show is garbage and nobody should watch it. It's just the audience is narrow. And and having seen, I mean, I I watched all of these things when they went through the revivals in the eighties. So you had, uh, you know, both bringing back the old names and then trying just original stuff like Dark Room, hosted by James Coburn, which was on for like seven episodes or something. And but it's the same thing; it's just an anthology of horror and mystery and supernatural and all that. And you know, of all of these things, this is a pretty good one overall. It's it's competently done. Uh, and yeah, if you've never seen these tricks before, they'll, they'll surprise you. And, you know, I, great cinematography, great art direction, great, cinematography. great depiction of technology in terms of like the actual physical kind of use of the future generally is it's very good and really good yeah. casting. So there's like, it, it, I think it's a wonderfully made show, even if I can quibble with, you know, the writing on like the half, things that they made half the, <laughs> well, and like half the episodes I actually, I actually really enjoyed. And the, so you know, yeah, what you gonna do? And and even even the ones that I put in the lower half, like I said, they still have really interesting ideas in them, or or just a couple of little nice satirical touches. Sure. Um, there's there's something in every episode. All right. Well, I think we're gonna wrap it up. So now uh, is the time for me to thank my guests before the horrifying twist. Brian Hamilton, thanks for being here two stars it's gonna get worse you're in double damage now david j lord no! thank you 
I uh, I was going to scream, but it turns out I'm actually a non-existent voice in your ears. Oh, that's true. That's true. And John Syracuse, thank you. They say in heaven, love comes first. Oh, John, say la vie. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. Uh, well, and then on that note, we are going to say goodbye. I'm Jason Snell. I've been your host. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Incomparable. Goodbye, everybody. Now we scream. Ah! Ah!